Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hillbrook CTE podcast, the Center for Teaching Excellence. My name is Bill Selleck. Pronouns are he and him. I am the director of technology at Hillbrook. And I am here with the illustrious, ever-hungry Heather. Heather, who are you? What do you do? That's a really good way to describe me, ever-hungry, I think, in a lot of ways. I'm Heather Stinnett. I'm the associate head of lower school. My pronouns are she, her. Does it stop there? What else do I say? I don't know. We were just talking about food. As we often do. Because why wouldn't you? You know what else we talk about? Being more inclusive. That's right. (laughs) Accessibility. Yes. We talk about that a lot. (laughs) And that's why you're here. That's That's why you're here on the podcast to talk about it. You and I have presented a handful of times around this topic. Mm -hmm. The, The session is always some version of how might we make schools, classrooms, presentations, more accessible for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you've not caught one of those, or if you're thinking of, depending on when you're listening to this, coming to the Spring Q 2022 conference, or you might have missed it, mm-hmm. this is for you. That's right. We're going to give you kind of the cliff notes of, do we still say cliff notes, summary, insights? Yeah. I okay. like I like summary and insights. Nice. I like that yeah. better. Although I did say cliff notes. So I guess we technically do say cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> we said it, so we say it. Yeah. We said it, so we say it. Yeah. That's right. We'll look into it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what we talk about. Um, it's around accessibility. So I'm going to give you kind of the greatest hits around some audio mm-hmm. and visual accessibility. But before we jump into that, Heather, mm-hmm. why does accessibility matter? And maybe if you want to go even bigger, like mm. the two minute answer, <laughs> why mm-hmm. does equity matter in education? God, it matters so much. I think it matters in every facet of life, but I think it especially matters in education because education is foundational. It's the thing that we all go through that then, you know, leads us to the way we spend our lives. And that's really, really important. Teaching is important. I say this, you know, kind of a lot, but um, teaching is the profession that enables all others. And we have to be inclusive. We have to be accessible because our mission is to, you know, to help develop the people in front of us to be who they're going to be. And, and our society really, you know, how we, how we shape our society really matters in that regard. Like that, that's how we shape our society is by, you know, um, educating and reaching the humans in front of us and the humans in front of us have all different needs. We're coming from all different places. We have different experiences. We have different, um, neurological landscapes. Um, and so that's why accessibility is so important. It's important for us to reach the people in front of us. Yeah. You know, one thing that I didn't hear a lot about in my last school, it was really just obsessed with state testing Mm -hmm. and accessibility was never really mentioned unless Mm -hmm. it was an accommodation that was, you know, documented. Mm -hmm. Um, but really even looking at it from a really selfish place of a school, If you are making your classroom more accessible, yeah. those students are going to learn more and test scores are going to go up. Absolutely. You know? and, and for me, that's kind of the worst case scenario. Right. You know, like the best <laughs> case not is, the mission, right? is we actually want everyone to actually feel like they belong. Right. And I think belonging is actually more important than just being included. Absolutely. Belonging is definitely like if you take inclusion to its ultimate goal, it has to be belonging. Right. It's not enough to be there. You have to be a part of things. Yeah. And so I think accessibility and, and equity, which is, you know, a, uh, a close cousin of it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why I said close cousin, but in my head, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like th- there's some really concrete things we can do as educators, mm-hmm. whether we're presenting at a conference, whether mm-hmm. we're helping in an administrative role or whether we have a group of kids in front of us. There's a, a bunch of really simple, like 
easy to start today things we can do that will make those spaces more inclusive of others the low-hanging fruit of accessibility yes yeah 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 so the the first bucket we talk about in our presentation is around audio accessibility Mm -hmm. and the first one and this took me a surprising long time to get to was just to use amplification Mm -hmm. yeah that's a big one especially like you know, I know that people are kind of coming out of masks and everything now, but the last couple of years, like audio accessibility has been really big. My own hearing is not very good. And so, um, you know, adding masks to it has been really difficult. And, you know, being a person without perfect hearing, um, you know, throughout my education and my career, I'm always kind of going, huh, what? And so audio accessibility is kind of a, you know, it really helps me to be less exhausted at the end of the day uh, if people use amplification. So it's really helpful. Yeah. So the, the short answer is if there is a microphone near you, mm-hmm. use it. That's right. Never ask, can you hear me? Right. Never say, no, I'm good because it's yep. actually not about you. Right. Um, when you do have that microphone, if someone asks a question mm-hmm. and they don't have the mic, just repeat the question. That's right. I used to actually do the inverse of that, uh-huh. thinking that it, it actually took kind of the center of gravity away from the student and put mm-hmm. it on me and made me important. And that's actually kind of <laughs> the wrong way to think about it. It's more that like I have the amplification, so I need to repeat it so that everyone can hear. Again, right. really simple. If the mic's there, use it. Yep. Make sure that everything that people need to hear is spoken into a microphone. That's right. It's it matters. It matters for the event. It matters for the long term. If the, you know, if you're, I go to a lot of conferences. I go to a lot of also film festivals in my free time. And like, this is a pet peeve of mine where, you know, people will ask a question and then the person on the stage with the microphone will answer that question. But nobody except for the people in the immediate vicinity of the person who asked the question can hear it. And, you know, sometimes that's recorded and later on you're like, gosh, I heard a really cool answer, but I actually don't know what they're responding to. So it's, it's an easy thing to do. Uh, and we should all do it. Yeah. And then once you have that mic, by the way, you need to hold it very close. That's right. Like as I, I'm speaking right now, the mic's touching my chin. Yep. You want to keep it within two inches of you. Yep. Um, I'm going to just say kind of how far away the mic is so you can hear it kind of in real time. So this mm-hmm. is within an inch. This mm-hmm. is about two inches away. Mm-hmm. This is about four inches away. And then here's about eight inches away. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone that's holding it about eight inches away, you're probably listening to this going, what? And now we're about four inches. Here's mm-hmm. two inches. And here's it right up against my chin again. It makes a big difference. M- makes such a big difference. It's yeah. actually called the inverse square law, which we don't need to get into. Same sort of thing happens with the lighting, actually. You can, oh. you can see visually when um, a light is close to someone. Uh-huh. And as you have the distance away from it, um, it has the intensity. Mm. So, yeah. So we have, we have these great things called... Laptops, phones, mm-hmm. computers, yeah. iPads, yes. all these devices. And all these devices have closed captioning. That's right. In some form or another. Yep. If it's available, guess what you need to do? Use it. Use it. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> yeah. Super easy in Google Slides has it. Google Meet has it. Mm-hmm. YouTube should have it. Sometimes yep. they're a little goofy and I have, you know, like an off the mic story for you later about okay. Spanish video that. <laughs> oh, sure. I think, yeah, I think a lot of us have probably experienced um, flubs or embarrassing moments or, you know, <laughs> kind of tricky things with some auto captions for sure. But I think on the whole, there that's a major value added. And I think it it matters in a lot of ways that we don't even think of. You know, a lot of times when we're talking about accessibility, we're thinking about, you know, people with um, pronounced needs, right? But it's not really about that, right? Like closed captioning can be... It can be all of these things that we're talking about, but closed captioning can be really helpful for, you know, people who are neurotypical, like reading 
as you're watching something really reinforces understanding and that that's so for everybody. Yeah. You know, I'm convinced that my three kids started reading early because we've had closed captioning on their entire lives. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Our kids too. It's, it makes a big difference. We keep the captions on. Um, and it just, it just really helps everybody. I also have, you know, people in my family who, um, you know, are still learning to speak English and that's, it's really helpful. It's really inclusive. It's really important to keep the captions on. Um, and you know, those of us in my family who don't have great hearing, we keep the captions always, always on. Yeah. That's an important thing. It makes life in classrooms and spaces more accessible. That's so right. that's our first bucket. And mm-hmm. we could talk about all of this for an hour. We're mm-hmm. not going to, but the first one is what we can do orally. Second mm-hmm. big bucket is visual accessibility. And again, you could take an entire like graduate level course around visual accessibility. There's people that spend careers doing this. That's right. But the very, very short things are make sure that people can actually read and see what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like? Font size needs to be big. Mm-hmm. Don't have a busy background. Have no. decent contrast. You don't want to pick like a light blue background with like yellow font. Mm-hmm. With no. like no. a red shadow. I'll walk out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't take it. Yeah. Also, it you know, just bullet points that aren't 36 point right. are too small. That's right. Yeah. Too much text. Yes. As well. That's a really big one. If people are reading what's on the screen in its entirety and it doesn't match what you're, you know, saying, that's not, that's not helpful. Um, it pulls the focus from where you want it to be. I will also say font. There's, you know, such a thing as certain fonts that are more accessible than others. There are dis- dyslexic friendly fonts. Um, those are really, really great. And there are a ton of them. Um, I know that, you know, some are, they're not all created equal. So our listeners can do some Googling on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then another bucket that I think a lot of people don't talk about within this, a bucket within a bucket Mm -hmm. (laughs) of visual accessibility is looking at color blindness. That's right. So depending on, on how you look at this and what you read, um, you know, about 10% of people, you know, the, there's stats that are way higher and way lower. Right. You know, kind of 10% is, is like a, a really rough guideline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so in your classroom, that's a couple of students. That's right. At your school, that's at least 20 people. If you're giving a presentation, at least five, as many as like 50, might mm-hmm. actually have some sort of like not ability to, to see the color that you see. So mm-hmm. if you're doing something that you're either going to use year after year as a teacher mm-hmm. or something that's going to be for a decently big audience, Throwing it up into just a, a very quick Google search of, you know, color blindness, you can upload an image and actually get like a rating. Most right. of them are designed for websites that yep. will give you, you know, accessibility ratings. And, and if you have a website, I strongly encourage you to look at those. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being aware that the colors you see sometimes are literally not the colors that other people see. That's right. I, I learned this one the really, really hard way. <laughs> I was creating a template a number of years ago. Um, to, you know, kind of track student progress. And I just went red and green because I was thinking, hey, red means stop, we're not done yet. And green means, hey, you're rocking it, keep going. Perfect. Right? But, but, yeah. But, but. <laughs> it makes me wonder about traffic lights too. It's like, Ooh. I, there's so much, there's so much there. Um, but I, you know, was meeting with a parent about this tracker and saying, hey, check this out. Look at all the progress your child is making. And he was like a deer in headlights. He's like, I'm panicked right now because I don't see any difference between any of these, but you're talking about them like they're different. And so I really kind of stepped in it there and, um, had to, you know, redesign the, the template. It was a very easy fix, but that just goes to show you, like, this is a very easy thing to plan for. We just have to think about it just a little bit. 
Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. such a great example also. Mm. Um, you know, the, the last big thing we're going to talk about in this presentation and the one that we've given and the one that we're giving again at Spring Q mm -hmm. is specifically around just accessibility on iOS and iPadOS devices. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I recently found is that Google Chrome actually has settings advanced accessibility and you can turn live captioning on. Uh, but I built, built into the operating system of Apple's mobile devices, there is like such a deep and rich mm -hmm. set of features around accessibility. If you've not jumped into this, my goodness, like add this to your to-do list the next time you have five minutes with your phone, mm -hmm. don't open up social media, jump into settings, accessibility, um, and you will be amazed mm -hmm. at what is possible. Um, There's so much more there now than there used to be. It's really amazing. Yeah, and every major update you get more and more and more features. Looking at speech to text is an obvious one. Text to speech. Looking at vision and what, mm -hmm. how colors do and don't show up on it. I mean, the, for me, those are the three big, big buckets. Yep. You know, and I think that contrast. We can't underestimate the ability to dictate mm -hmm. to our device. Dictation used to be hundreds of dollars of specialized software and a really high-end computer. Yep. And now every iPad and every iPhone can dictate it's amazing dictation is amazing for so many things and it's really helpful for you know people who have all kinds of different um needs right it doesn't just have to be for you know um somebody who doesn't want to type right there, there are a lot of reasons why we would why text-to-speech is really helpful um yeah everybody should check that out you should go and poke around poke around your devices and see what's in there i know i've always been surprised when i do even though i you know i'm kind of aware of good stuff in there yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is just you know a, an incredibly quick overview of it, but hopefully we've opened up your eyes and your thoughts to um, to what's possible around accessibility. Hopefully you got one little thing for a takeaway. If you want more resources, you know our, our website hillbergct.org has will embed the slide deck there. Mm -hmm. That'll be along with that. Uh, if you're just driving and forget, I do have an older link eduawesome.com/accessibility. That's an easy short URL to remember, and um, yeah, that is all. Any closing thoughts, Heather? I think it's just always worth asking yourself when planning any kind of, you know, event or interaction or lesson or whatever it might be, you know, what, what might I be missing or how can I reach more people with this? How can I make this more of a, more of a takeaway? Um, yeah. I love that Thanks, so Bill. much. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Heather. And thank you all for listening. Thanks everyone. <laughs>